Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. All right, ladies, thanks for joining us today as we continue this series of um, all things kind of womanhood and issues. And this episode is going to be about motherhood and the seasons of motherhood. And and if you are a grandma or you are not a mom yet, but you desire to, I want to invite you in to be part of this truth session as well. Our guest sharing today is Misty Mosley. She's part of the executive team at Victory Life Church, where I fellowship. Um, she is an amazing woman. She is mother to um, two particular girls that I have great respect for that are I'm close in age to. And so I probably know who she is first and foremost um, because I recognize that she is their mom. Um, and now I um, am so honored to be um part of the the church that, that she's in leadership in. And so um, if you were at our Hope Now conference, she shared on a panel there and brought great wisdom. And then if you if you got to attend Victory Life's Women's Conference, she did this particular breakout session about motherhood in all seasons. And it was most one of the most encouraging things to me from the conference. The whole conference was great, but I'm in the throes of motherhood, of preschool and kindergarten motherhood. And I just needed that encouragement more than I even realized. It's like as as Misty began to pour out the truth of God's Word about the role of seasons and life and motherhood, it began to fill up something that was a little bit deficient inside of me that I didn't even know about. But isn't that what God's Word does? Um, It comes and and it grows and it brings to life the areas that that need watering, that need cultivation um, so that He can bring a beautiful harvest. And so I am going to um, now turn over um, my time to Misty and let her share her heart and uh, just encourage you. So just sit back, relax, drive, whatever you're doing, and let your heart be encouraged with the things that the Lord uh, has given to Misty. Well, Miss Page, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored, um, so privileged to even be with, with you and to sharing the things that are on my heart. Um, I enjoyed so much in the women's conference getting to share. And as I shared with you earlier, I didn't think I was going to talk longer than 15 minutes and end up sharing 30 minutes. So I could tell, tell very easily that this was something very much on my heart. And you spoke to seasons. And the, the session I had spoke about was motherhood in all seasons. And so I really wanted to land on seasons and the importance of seasons in motherhood. And, and I got to thinking when we think through athletics, our kids are in basketball season, football season. Uh, we recognize seasons in so many parts of our life, winter, fall, spring. And we always prepare for those seasons. And in those seasons, we come with an expectation Winter is coming. We need to get our coats out. You know, uh, football season's coming. We know we're going to be staying late for practices. And I really got to thinking and recognize that we don't recognize that there's seasons in motherhood, and we don't plan accordingly for that. We really, we are excited. We get 
pregnant, we're pregnant, we birth this amazing, beautiful baby, and we commit to be the best mom ever, and then we go and hit the ground running and just take off. And then that things start hitting us, our kids start growing, we're at, we're at different points in their life and our life, and I was like, man, if we could just step back and recognize their seasons of motherhood. And Ecclesiastics 3.1 actually talks about it. In the scripture, it says that for everything, there is a, t- a season, a time for every activity under heaven. So when we think about that, we recognize, look, it, it, there is season. So let's stop a minute and let's think through the importance of those seasons. And whenever I... Um, Whenever I was thinking through the seasons and we talk about the baby being born, I recognize as soon as um, we have this child, we begin getting an identity. We can as mothers, and I can tell you at times, because my, as you mentioned, I have two older daughters, and whenever it was time for them to, be, to actually go, and I'm an empty nester, whenever they uh, were ready to leave the home, I started really recognizing what does my life look like up to this point. I Every financial decision, every amount of time I had available, what I'd done was pretty much rearranged around these little people. And I'm like, how am I now supposed to structure my life? And then I started recognizing, look, this is all I've known is to be a mom. What does the rest of my life look like? Fortunately, two years into empty nesting, just for moms, it is an amazing season. So hold on, hold on, ladies, you will get to experience an easy, uh, an amazing season of, of empty nesting. Um, but it made me really think through uh, our identity as well in motherhood. And I talked about, you know, when you birth this child, that as soon as, before you leave the hospital, hospital, the doctor drops off um, a bag of diapers. Here's the type of diapers you need to actually put on your child. Or do you use cloth diapers? Now, do you nurse? Do you wait? Here's the type of formula you need to use. And all of a sudden, you begin putting rocks in the back you know, of your backpack, and everything becomes heavy. Now, every decision becomes, you know, you people have so many opinions about it, and we begin letting opinions and culture drive how we raise our kids, even to the extent of when should they be potty trained, uh, to the point when they're 16 years old, and it's irrational to think that we let society tell us that our 16-year-old daughter, who was 15 last night, woke up at the age of 16, and now she's ready to hop into a car with a young man. And I knew very early, that is ridiculous. <laughs> I will not let culture tell me when my daughter can, can can dictate when she will date and even what dating looks like. What does God's Word say about that? And so I think what we have to recognize as mothers, that our identity cannot be in being a mother. So then we're like, well, what does our identity actually, what is it supposed to be? What is our identity? What is our calling then if my calling is not to be a mom? And that's hard to to say because you think my calling, I always said that I'm called to be a mom. I'm called to be a support to my daughters. But really when we go to at Matthew 28, 18, what does God's word say about our calling? And in Matthew 28, 18, this is what he says. All the authority of the, of the universe has been given to me. Now, wherever you go, and I'm going to insert whatever season you're in, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you, and never forget that I'm with you every day, even to the completion of this age. And when I looked at that, and many times we read this scripture and we think about evangelism, we think about you know salvation. But when we, we really get to the heart of it, what Jesus is saying is, my job is to make disciples. And 
motherhood is an expression of how I'm making disciples in that season. You know, how I make disciples in the season I, I am as a grandmother looks different than discipleship whenever I'm a mother. And when we recognize their seasons and then what I'm operating as a mother is an expression of discipleship, of my ultimate calling, this gets a lot easier because I realize Jesus is the one in charge. Now, how do I disciple my kids? And what does that look like with my with my kids? Um, and it's coming back to what what does God say and expect from me as a mom? And we don't reckon the scripture has so many points on it. And two or three uh, scriptures that I pulled, one of them's in Titus two four. Um, you know, there's a, a part of it, but the p- two pieces I'll pull out: to love their husbands and to love their children. Okay, Titus tells me to love my children. In um, Proverbs 22.6, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go. I want to point out and notice nowhere in here does it say what diapers that they need to wear, what school they need to go to. It doesn't point to those things. God's getting to, He wants them to love Him. And that's our jobs as mom. And then in Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands. And in, in verse 5, he said those commands are love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul. So as a mom, first and most importantly, my job is stay connected to Jesus. If I stay connected to Him and God's given me stewardship over these kids, then what society said, that voice drowns out because now I'm listening to God. What is your voice this is your son and your daughter. You've given me stewardship. I'm to help lead and guide them in the gifts and the calling you have in their life. So I need to be attentive to your voice, not to the culture. And it says, um, repeat them again and again, and it's talking to the commands, to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you go to bed and when you're getting up. What do I talk to my kids about is to the commandments that God has given us. So if I step back and all those rocks that I've added to my backpack of what society says and nursing and not nursing and diapers, not diapers, cloth, plastic, I realize I can unpack that backpack because now all I got to do is say what Jesus says. You know, I talk to him about his commands. I model and what do disciples do in making disciples? We model what Jesus looks like and we point people to Jesus so we model what forgiveness looks like to our children. Look, I raised my voice or I said something to you that wasn't kind. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. That's discipleship. You know, and we make everything so complicated. And I'm like, that's not, it's not complicated. And um, I want to go back a little bit to identity. Um, you know, I really, I recognized in our identity and when we start feeling like we are messing up, like we're, it's guaranteed we're going to make a bad decision as a mom. We're going to mishandle a situation. Pressure, things that are happening, we're human. But what happens is if my identity is into that and I have everyone telling me what I'm not and how good I'm not doing, um, all of a sudden we come to the place, and I can identify this with my mom, is we come to the place that I don't feel worthy enough that to even be in your life. You know, I don't feel like I can contribute to your life anymore because I've messed up and I've made so many mistakes. And my mom had. My mom had not made good choices that hurt her. Yes, I was. I experienced a lot of that stuff. But I know as an adult child, I just wanted my mom to be present now. I didn't care about what she had done in the past. I wanted her to be a mom now. 
But because she allowed all this guilt and this shame to actually um, take, set up on that backpack, that she can never fully enter into a relationship. She couldn't ever forgive herself. And that's the biggest thing the enemy wants to do. He wants us to think that I've messed up. You know, I've said the wrong thing to my child. I didn't handle something right. I've messed up to now I begin separating myself from my child or I think that they could do better if I wasn't in their life. And I just want to encourage moms, like, it doesn't matter what we've done. It, My mom, it didn't matter what my mom done. No one can replace you in your child's life. To this day, my mom passed away around three or four years ago, and I sat on the bed with her, and it was the most beautiful experience I had with my mom. And it was in the hospital. And she she looked at me, and she told me that she loved me, And it was truly one of the first times I felt it. And I was like, that's what I needed. That's all that I needed for her in my life. And the enemy tries to sever relationships with our grown children, with our little kids. And it could be that we just write them off. We get frustrated with them, whatever it is. But God's like, our commitment to each other is to stay face to face. My commitment is I'm going to love you no matter what, and we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about this. And so anyway, I think in motherhood, we've got to be aware that the enemy's trick, because moms, we are one of the most powerful voices in our kids' life. What we say, how we love them, what we do for them now, it does affect their future. And we cannot give space for the enemy to have us turn our backs on them. And so much, so many times that comes through guilt and condemnation. So just in motherhood, and I was sharing with Miss Page um, that the transition of recognizing seasons, having grown daughters. And I'm like, okay, you know, usually well, when my girls hit around 13 and 14, I recognized, oh my gosh, everything I thought I knew, God, the rules have changed. (laughs) Like, how did the rules change? Like, I thought I knew what was going on, and it has all changed. Now, I feel like I need a handbook, and we do. It's the Bible. But in the moment, I want very specific stuff. Like, what do I tell her she she can and can't do? And I recognized that, man, first seasons are important. First, our kids and them growing up is very transitional, and things change, and we've got to be able to ebb and flow and adapt with them. So then I'm entering into what does it look like to be a mom of an adult child? And so it's easy to be a grandma. For all grandmas out there, we have these little grandbabies, and they're beautiful, and they love you, and then you send them home, and they're awesome. And we can, as I was sharing with you, Miss Page, we can get very focused on our grandkids. And that's great. Like we have a role to play as grandparents. You know, it is very generational. God does expect us to come along and partner. And I want to land there, partner. Our job is to partner with parents, with our, our sons and our daughters and them raising their kids. And But so many times as grandparents, we look and we think we had it all figured out. We knew what we what should and shouldn't be done with our grandkids. And as I'd shared at the sessions, many times we want to point our finger and say, you can be doing that differently. But truly what God wants is a finger pointed back at us, and it's a refocus. And he, it was around a year and a half ago, he really began speaking to me, and I realized I'm giving all this intention and love and intentionality with my grandkids, but I hadn't really been able to sit in a room and have a full conversation with my daughter because all my grandkids are running all over me, you know, they're climbing and loving on me. And I realized like the most important thing that I could give my daughter and give my grandkids is to me to have intentional relationship with my daughter, to listen to her, to pray with her, to be with her, and to support her in her season of motherhood. And I'm like, man, what a powerful opportunity to be able to do something like that. 
And so we talked about cultural expectations. We talked about what does God expect. And we talked about the discipleship. And ultimately, the rest and the decisions that you make outside of discipling our kids, which is our ultimate calling, all of that's up to you and what God's saying, what God is saying to you. Um, and so what um, the takeaway, I guess, the time that we've had together is, I just want to remind moms is that you don't have to accomplish all of your hopes and all of your aspirations in every season. Like, you know, we have, we we come out of the gates as moms, and I see this so much. I get such a privilege and opportunity to hang out with young moms. Well, I say, you know, they're in their 20s and 30s, and you hear ministry in their heart. You hear all these things they want to do, and you recognize it's like for moms out there, like, God doesn't plan for you to accomplish everything right now. What it is, is you manage your expectation, identify the season you're in, identify what it's going to take in this season, and give yourself permission and room to do that. And then when we do that, we can learn to value and appreciate every season. We're not rushing through the season. We're not trying to get it done so I can hurry up and get to that season, but we're valuing and appreciating it. So even as a grandma and looking, I think that is a thing whenever I spend time with my grandkids, I recognize like this time, this season is going to happen. That go by really quickly. And so when they're with me, I want to give them everything. I want to dance with them. I want to learn to have fun with them. I want to appreciate every hug and every kiss because I know they'll eventually get to where they're too big to, to kiss me, particularly my grandson. I heard that's what boys do. They, don't, they quit kissing at a certain age. I don't know. But anyways, I think that is the wisdom in learning to appreciate your kids and when the season they're in. And so moms, don't be in a rush. Don't be in a hurry. Grandma, spend time with your sons and your daughters. Like God gave you stewardship over them. And of course, they're grown into adults. But then their kids, God has entrusted your grandkids with your sons and your daughters. And so support them. Be there. Pray with them. Lift them up. Spend time with them. And I think, again, just to contemplate the season that you're in. And remember this, the, your, your faithfulness through every season determines the outcome of where you are in your life. And I can, I'm at a season in my life, I can reflect back in, in each season and recognize it was hard. Uh, it was challenging. I had to be adaptable. I had to be willing to surrender to God. Just one last quick story. When my oldest daughter got married, um, went through the wedding, I didn't shed any tears. I went home that night and I'm like, God, this is crazy. Again, everything I've done up to this point has been about her and my time and my finances. And now you're telling me one day she says, I do. She goes home with this man and now I'm no longer in charge. I have no say so in what's going on. That's crazy. How can that be? But you have to come to that place. But I trust you. I trust your word. I trust that you know better than I do. And then, But God has a beautiful picture on the other side of what we don't understand right now. And now the beautiful picture, I was like, yeah, and in handing her over to her husband so they can become one, like God's Word says, has given me five beautiful grandkids and a, one of my best friends that I get to enjoy life with. I was like, how, how much greater can that be? So um, I think it's just appreciating, valuing each other, and then remembering what God's, God's Word says and not allowing ourselves to get those rocks in our backpack. Um, so you have any questions? I thought that was so wonderful, and I thought it was a great, um, even as I listened to it a second time today, just a great reevaluation for me um, when I'm 
the consistency of every season is that I'm going to make disciples with my mm-hmm. kids. I'm going to reinforce and in in water that same thing that I've been doing their whole whole life. So I just hope that someone else finds the the freedom. And I love the picture of the the backpacks and the rocks. I remember my first child foster. I'd not thought a lot about breastfeeding. I, I just kind of was like, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And that was my my thought. And um, and of course, when she was born, that that's quite an experience having a baby. And you know, you like you don't really know what you did until you do it. And so, like the actual hospital part. So I came home and I was pretty tired. And and I remember, like probably about day three, just like battling, man could I use some formula? Like, could I do that? And just feeling the weight of the condemnation. And so we went to our first well visit Mm -hmm. and the doctor said, are you, uh, is she breastfed or is she formula fed? Mm -hmm. And I started crying like, uh, who am I? What is going on? And, um, he, he was the most he's the most precious, gentle soul, Dr. Brummett um, in, in Sherman. A lot of our listeners may know him. But he just pulled his little chair up knee to knee with mine, and mm-hmm. he just said, it's okay. Oh. Whatever you choose is okay. But that was in my first week of yeah. motherhood. And so I think what that, that picture is so good of those rocks mm-hmm. in that backpack mm-hmm. uh, because in just moments I yeah. picked up that uh, probably out of love for my daughter, mm-hmm. wanting to give her what was best. but. Yeah. Also trying to reconcile the weakness of my mm. flesh and the pressure of mm. culture. Like um, he was, he said, you know what? No matter what you decide, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I could have even um, just viewed that in light of, you know what? My job is to make a disciple and love this baby. And is my choice in this one matter going to to impact that? And I, some people may have strong opinions mm-hmm. about that, mm-hmm. but that's an example. Yeah. In five days, I picked up that to the extent I was in emotional distress about it. Yes. And so thank you for bringing the freedom. Mm-hmm. And all I would say to the listeners is to un- get with the Lord mm-hmm. and unpack that backpack. That's see yes. what rocks are in there, That or see what weights are in there that you're carrying around that He's not asked you to pick up. Yeah. You know, I think the thing about the Lord, mm-hmm. really, if we're going to get into detail about rocks, is that God asks us to build Ebenezer's, mm-hmm. actually, yeah. where we take a rock and we stack it on top of another rock and we say, watch what God did here so that That's He might advance it. us to the next yes. season. So ladies, unpack the rocks out of those backpacks, build an Ebenezer <laughs> memorial before the Lord so that in every season you might see that marker that these rocks didn't hold That's me back, yes. but they became the testimony of how God carried me through and advanced Absolutely. me as a mom. Yeah. And so that's my final thought. Misty, if you would just take a moment to seal this encouragement yes. for, for all of our listeners. Yes. Jesus, I just thank you uh, just for being such a good dad. I thank you, God, that you are with us, that each and every woman listening today, God, that you have equipped and have prepared her to do what you've called her to do, that she is good enough, God, that she loves strong, God. I just pray for um, a strength and an endurance and a boldness, God, to lead in the way that you're calling her to lead. And the decisions that she has made when she brings them to you and you um, you direct and lead and guide her, God, that she is bold and she takes the necessary steps. I pray, Jesus, that even as, as Christians, we do not allow culture to determine how we raise our children, that we, our children, God, that we raise children 
that uh, are attentive to your voice, God, that they learn to listen to you, and that's done by us modeling it, Jesus, that we don't let, again, just the standards of this world, but we set the standards. And so I pray for a generation of women, Jesus, that are setting standards and how to raise children according to your word and what you say, God. And again, ultimately understanding that we are in the middle of, of expressing our ultimate calling, and that is to make disciples, that these are little people, Jesus, that they there is no junior Holy Spirit, God. There is no—they um, understand your word so many times greater than we do, and they believe it, they hear it, and they trust it, and they obey. And so I pray in this season, if mothers who have young children at home, God, that they understand that they are laying a groundwork and a foundation, Jesus, of speaking your word into existence, and these young kids being able to actually put them in their hearts, and when they're old, they will not depart from it, God. So mothers who see behaviors, that they get beyond the behaviors. We don't identify our children with their behaviors, but what we do is we speak God's word and God's in with authority, we speak things into existence. So I pray if if mothers right now are, are watching behaviors and feel like they're not good enough, they're me- trying to measure up with standards that the world speaks, that they, again, they see their child through the lens of your love and your compassion, because love is what changes things, God. Our compassion, us being present to bring our child up on our, our lap and to hold him or her, her in the moment when they're hurting to stop Jesus and listen to the things that are hurting their hearts and to love them well. And so I thank you, God. Thank you for grandmothers who are in a season of being a a support to their family and even grandparents right now who may be raising their children. I thank you. You are giving them a grace to do what they need to do right now, God, and that as they take each step of faith and obedience to do what's being need, that you are making every provision, you're supplying every provision for them right now, God. I just thank you for this time together, Jesus. I just thank you, God, that, man, what the world, what we can through our perspectives make so big and so heavy that we truly get an understanding, Jesus, that uh, you're in control. None of this is really done by our efforts. It's that we learn to come to a place of just being and setting and resting at your feet, God, for you to stir us in, in love and compassion for us to be who we need to be to the people around us, God. Just thank you for this time, and we just seal it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We gather for our monthly worship gathering open to any woman who has interest the second Tuesday of every month at the Monterey in the Arts District of Durant, Oklahoma.